It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. Kangan.edu.au. RTO 3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. It is midday madness time. You call, you get on. That's the midday madness promise. Your calls for the next two hours. And the line, if you'd like to jump on, is one three hundred seven three six seven three six. That's the open line number for midday madness one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. And midday madness brought to you by Work Locker, Karen Downs, and Packenham Workwear for wherever you work. We'll keep you in touch with all the trade stuff that happens during the course of the afternoon. If there is a trade. That gets done. We'll bring it to you straight away. I want to take your calls on anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, though. A few things I want to get to. One of them that, well, Taylor Adams, I know we're all trying to be progressive and new age, but I don't really like the story of Taylor Adams speaking to his manager about leaving Collingwood and heading to other clubs. It's been floated around in the last week or so. It was even floated during grand final week that he might not have been happy about doing the fitness test on the Wednesday, but... I know we're trying to be progressive in new age, but I still think if you're in grand final week, whether you're playing or not, you're part of a team, you're all trying to row in the one direction for a steady ship. I I don't like the chance that a story of you being grumpy or maybe speaking to your manager about looking to jump elsewhere can break one or two or three or four days before the grand final. I reckon wait a few days. Call your manager grand final night if you need to, but... Your thoughts on this? Kinnear Beatson, the chief recruiter for the Sydney Swans, said this last night on Sports Day about Taylor Adams and when it all started to unfold that he might be prepared to leave Collingwood and head to Sydney. Here's Kinnear Beatson last night. To be honest, that was really late, very late in the final series. Um, Probably somewhere, if I had to hazard a guess, somewhere between preliminary final, grand final when he got his injury and and we were approached by his manager. Would it be something that we'd looked at and, and... we were looking to bolster our midfield with an experienced player who was a good stop, stoppage player with some power. So it w- was very late and uh, it grew from there pretty quickly, to be honest. So Kinnear Beatson uh, admitting that it was the chats happening before the grand final. So what, negotiations, the chat with his manager during grand final week, did he, did he do the fitness test on the Wednesday, then didn't pass it and... Is the timeline suggesting that he decided that he was moving on in the days after that? One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number. Uh, do you have a problem with it? It's it's one that it still disturbs me a little to think that that could happen grand final week. But it didn't blow up into a big story grand final week. But it could have. Your thoughts on that? A couple of other things floating around as well I'd like to throw at you. But Darren on the road is already on the line, and John in Norwood's already on the line, so we better get to your calls before the two or three other things I'd like to get to. Darren, welcome to you, firstly, as we fire up for Midday Madness. Hey, you going, Dwayne? Thanks for taking the call. Um, look, I just, I've got a bit of a problem. I want to take issue with you and Tom Morris. Um, yeah. We've got, a, we've got a draft coming up, and you guys keep sort of saying that the, it drops off at 8 Okay, so that yep. means that there's eight talented kids that are up for AFL selection. Now, we've got a um, junior development program that runs through five different states. We've got academies. We've got all this other different stuff. Um, we've got 10 uh, TAC teams in Victoria alone. We've got the private school sector. 
I say there's if, if if that's the case that there's only eight that are really eligible to make it to AFL, then our development system's broken. Or you guys are very poor judges because I remember 15 years ago a blonde-headed kid from ACT got drafted called James Hurd, and I think it was in the 50s. Now, yeah, Darren, Darren, just to... we, hang on, hang on, Dwayne, we've got a pre-season draft where yep. we find kids who we who who have been playing VFL or um, other state competitions, and we draft them in mid-season, and yet some of them are good enough to play three or four games, a la Jai McGuinness and a few others. So if you're saying that there's only eight, I think it's you know really demoralising to the 120 kids that are hoping to get drafted that now is only 80. I'm not having a go at you. I'm having a go at the whole system. You done? Um, yes, I never said that, Darren, and that's, that's not the case. No one's saying there's only eight kids worthy of playing AFL footy in this draft. No one's saying that. So let me just clarify what everybody is saying. Let me first play you Rob McCartney, who's in charge of recruiting at Hawthorne, saying that he thinks that there's probably seven or eight, I think was his number, elite kids, elite kids, and then it evens out after that. No one's saying that the kid picked up at pick 60 or pick 50 or pick 45 isn't worthy of playing AFL football. No one's saying that at all, Darren. You've misconstrued that completely. What they're saying is that there is elite talent. There are probably seven or eight kids in this draft who are um, going to be big stars, according to recruiters. Not me. I don't watch these under-18 kids. According to the recruiters who are paid to know, and beyond that, it's fairly even. So uh, let me play Rob McCartney just to clarify this, because no one's saying there's only eight kids worthy of playing AFL footy in this draft. He's Rob McCartney from Hawthorne. Yeah, it's definitely one that comes down to, in that, that early phase, it's around picking best talent. Um, and there's, we're really comfortable that you know there's, there's five or six really highly talented players at the top end, and then there's another step to the next group. And you know whether it's a, a small forward or a tall you know, key defender, key back, uh, sorry, key defender, key forward, or whether it's a midfielder, we think that um, high-end talent is something that we definitely want to get into our group, and it doesn't really matter what position that is. As you get a little bit deeper into the draft, you probably start to make decisions around you know, your list needs and your depth charts in terms of forwards, mids and backs. So that was Rob McCartney. So, uh, Darren, you, you, you're quite... I think you're wrong. Uh, no one said that there's not kids beyond picks five or six or eight or nine that can play AFL in this draft. Uh, so I appreciate your call. It is midday madness, but it's madness to think that the kid picked at pick 45 isn't with a chance of playing AFL footy next year, let alone a long career that might end up winning 250 games. And I don't think I've heard anybody say that, and I certainly haven't. But appreciate your call. You've been on the line for quite a while uh, wanting to make your point, and you've got a chance to do that. Stephen Melton, your thoughts on Taylor Adams? Welcome to you, Steve. Yeah, hey, Dwayne. Uh, just on Taylor Adams, I think it was a build-up of a number of, a number of things. The Tom Mitchell trade at the start of the uh, last preseason. Uh, pushed him out of the midfield more into a forward pocket. I don't think he was happy about that. Then when Darcy Moore went down, Maynard was instant on-field captain. It was he wasn't a, he wasn't even considered, and he was the vice captain as well. And then grand final week when they they were pushing him for the um, to, to do the fitness test early. I, I think that was a big a, sort of the, the tipping point. And I, I would say he was in his in discussions mm. with his manager throughout the year about his role at Collingwood, knowing that next year was the final year of his contract and, you know, chances are he probably wasn't going to get offered another contract 
next year mm. because players had gone past him and he was there based on, on reputation and not on on-field performance. Yes, yeah, so I think the fitness test was even on the Tuesday, Steve, not on the Wednesday. So, but do you think it's fair to, to ring your manager that week or, or talk to your manager about the departure that week? Can't you wait until after the grand final's done? I think they're in contact with their manager almost you know, every couple of days, especially mm. if it, uh, you know, when they're injured and, and you know, with a year to go on their contract at 30. I'd, I'd say that he's, he's probably just... You know, Getting a you know an up or getting a, a giving an update to his manager just you know I'm, I'm, look I'm not happy and let's, yeah. let's look at options. Now fair enough, Steve. I, it's just a it's an age that I've got to get my head around, obviously. But I reckon grand final week you're going to be rowing in the one direction, and I'd be a bit more cautious than that if I was a a player these days. But maybe that's not the players these days. Fred in Caulfield, your thoughts on that? Fred, welcome to you. Hey, Dwayne. I just on the last call or the one before about. Adams. I'm not dismissing any of that. Um, I just think at the end of the day, we got him at a time that we needed him. It took two or three years, and he became a really good player for us. He had a good career with us, and I think we're letting go of him at the right time, and it's also the right thing for him, like if he wants to play inside midfield. So I, I, I understand that might be how play feels, and, and that's perfectly valid and fine, but I think at the end of the day, it's uh, just business and, and and it's good business for everyone and we move on appreciate your call fred got a heap to give away so i've got something for you fred you've got a e-gift card redeemable online or in-store thanks to the house of golf coming your way the house of golf your one-stop shop for all things golf got a heap of those to give away so i better start giving some stuff away right now i've got some signet boost power banks to give away as well philip in fairfield you want to talk gabba welcome to you philip how you going Dwayne? love your show thank um, you i'm just a bit concerned about this uh, time frame for the Gabba redevelopment. If, you, if they knock it down at the end of 25, right? Yep. They knock it down and that'll take them probably a year to knock it down and then at least two years to rebuild it. That's three years. Are they going to get back onto the Gabba before the Olympics? I'd probably say no. So that means that we the Lions won't have a home won't have the Gabba between 20, beginning of 26 through to the 33. Yeah, I don't think that'll be the case. My own feeling is, Philip, yeah, they won't have the Gabba for, let's call it two years. But I think with the redevelopment of grounds these days and venues around the world, they're quick transition venues once they redo them. So essentially, you should be able to have a Taylor Swift concert on the Friday night and play a game of footy there on the Saturday afternoon. I think they are able to be turned around really quickly these days. The venues, they make sure they've got the infrastructure for bump in, bump out really quickly. So I would be of the thought that once the redevelopment's done, that Brisbane would be able to play on that venue, the newly redeveloped venue, uh, right up until, you know, I'm not sure how long out from the Olympics they'd need that venue to take control of it. But I think they'd be able to play full seasons there, Philip. Normally they take possession at least a year out from the Olympics. Yeah. I'm not sure that'd be the case anymore, Philip. I'd have to look at the venues that Olympic Games are taking over and control of in the lead up to other Olympics on the way through. But I think it's changing because the evolution of venues and the development of venues is such that the bump in, bump out is quicker um, and the turf is going to be an issue. But even turf replacement these days is able to be done a lot quicker. I mean, in theory, you'd be able to you know, have two different sports on on two different days on an MCG 
um, and a Marvel Stadium going forward anyway because even the people that are doing it are more efficient at doing it, let alone venues that allow it to be facilitated a lot easier. But appreciate your call. Uh, I'm not so worried about it myself, Philip. I am worried about the two years that the Lions might not have it, though. It is it is a disadvantage for your team, Philip, playing out of... Well, where are you going to be playing out of Springfield? Well, hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully you're probably right. Hey, do something with, something with the exhibition grounds. That would be the best option. Yeah, well, that's what they are thinking of doing as well, to take control of that. Uh, right in Sunshine Coast, welcome to you, Rod. Hey, Duano. Um, this Brody Grundy trade as a D. First of all, let, let, let's go back a couple of weeks when I spoke to you about Clayton Oliver. I'm happy he stayed. So, And you know what? Mate, you were spot on. He just needed a hug. And you called it, and well done to you. So because that's exactly what's happened. And guess what? We're all back in the fold. So but with Brody Grundy, what worries me is the fact that if Max gets injured, who's going to go and tap in the ruck? Who's going to go and do the hard stuff? And it, they may look like geniuses if Brody Grundy gets injured while he's playing for Sydney and go, oh, well, look, he wouldn't have been much good for us anyway. But what happens if Max gone? goes down with an injury if he's out for five or six weeks, who's going to do the ruck work? Tom McDonald can't even get off the ground. I can jump higher than Tom McDonald. So, like, what's the go? Well, it becomes a double whammy, Rod. You had him, you didn't use him, then you lose him and you might need him. So if Max Gorn gets injured, you're right. It's going to be, it's going to be a massive talking point, Rod, I think, and I'm with you on that 100%. I mean, I know that there was... Um, a belief that maybe keeping Brody Grundy on the list, even though you're paying them that kind of money as a backup, is the best way to go. But is that unfair on Brody Grundy to ask him to run around in the twos? Well, you own him. You signed the deal. You're paying him the 700-odd thousand. You've got a right to say, no, you're only playing twos. But it sounds like that's not the done deal anymore because you need to use your salary cap in other areas. I presume you're going to get a backup from somewhere, Rob. But who's it going to be? There hasn't been any talk of Melbourne's next backup to Max Gorn at all, has there? No, there hasn't, mate, and that worries me, and it worries me a lot because I think it, without a ruck, you're no good in this competition as Port Adelaide. Um, you have found out, you know. Look, you need a, a, a good, solid ruckman to be able to facilitate centre ball movement, and especially when you're attacking inside forward 50, the, 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 the tap is, is absolutely critical to where those midfielders are going to be at that time. And if, if Max is not there, I'm worried that Melbourne may just fall away. Yeah, I'm a bit worried about it too. I'm worried about the fact that we were told by Todd Goldstein that Alistair Clarkson's going to have a Tristan Cherry one-ruck system at North as well. I'm not sure of these one-ruck systems uh, the way I see it. I think you need a pretty good backup these days and you certainly need a good ruckman ready to come in if your main man gets an injury. That's the beauty of Collingwood. I mean, they could have continued to, um, you know, ruck Cameron and put Johnson in. They could have continued to ruck um, Cox and put Johnson in as the pinch hitter as well, which they did mid-season. But in the end, in the perfect world, they didn't have Grundy. They traded him out, and they still used two rucks on grand final day. Hey, great to have you call, Rod. Johnny Nord, welcome to you. Good, Duane. Yeah, I've just um, been a bit of a favour of a coach that's not coaching, he's a very good assistant, he's Don Pike. I just can't work out some clubs haven't really gone for him because he's got a very good CV. And um, I just thought that Port Adelaide would have had a look at it because he'd be the right type of coach later on down the track for Port Adelaide because they need a refresh in that coaching department all 
in all positions. That's just my point. But he's a very good coach. Don yeah, Pike. when was the? Who was the? I don't, I don't think we've had a situation, John, where a former Adelaide Crows coach has gone over to Port Adelaide in in any um, capacity. Um, you know, there's been a few players, but I'm trying to think of it has happened the other way. Assistant coaches from Port going to the Adelaide Crows, but. Um, yeah, maybe there's been a couple of assistants that have gone Port's way. Oh, that'd be huge if Don Pike ended up at Alberton. But I think he's got his sights set, from what we're told, on an admin role somewhere. Uh, probably at the West Coast Eagles, he might be high up in admin. I think that's the next avenue for Don Pike as opposed to coaching. Hey, just on uh, who Melbourne's next ruck might be. So Sam Evan reported earlier that Deezer are set to bring in Tom Fortin from Brisbane. So that is an option for them. But he's got to get a game. Tom Fortin. He couldn't get a game as a ruck for the Brisbane Lions or a pinch-hitting ruck for the Lions. They preferred Darcy Fort to be the understudy to Oscar McInerney. So Fortin couldn't get a game as the second ruck for Brisbane. Is he going to actually get a game for Melbourne as their second ruck? Well, maybe he is. Maybe that's the reason they're bringing him in. Mick in Kings Park. Welcome to you, Mick. G'day, Dwayne. Um, first and foremost, just good luck to Taylor Adams. You know, new adventure in Sydney and thanks for your contribution to Collingwood. Um, but I want to ask you, Dwayne, your opinion. Do you think the Lockie Schultz deal will get done with Collingwood? And would a pick be enough for for Fremantle or would it be a pick and... Because it may be a, probably a pick and an Ash Johnson. I don't know if, you know, Collingwood would give up Ginevan, but, yeah, who knows in trade week. Yeah, I, I'm a Lockie Shields fan, though, Mick. I think he's a score assist. He's an unselfish score assist and scoring player. I think he would be perfect. I think he probably, if he gets a game, it's probably Ginevan's spot that he takes. So if I'm Jack Ginevan, I'm reading the writing on the wall here. If it's Shields in, maybe it's Ginevan out. So that could be an option. But selection pressure is also great to have at clubs. Now, Ash Johnson... Does he get a game in your best 22, Mick? When he's flying, he's definitely in the best 22, isn't he? And he might have been there grand final day had he been fit. Dwayne, I, I, I like Ash Johnson, but he, to me sometimes he's, he's too much at age school. He's, he's got all the attributes to be a really good player, but he just he just like doesn't think. When he goes up for the ball, he sort of slaps at the ball rather than let the mould into his hand. He's got all the skills, you know, the kicking skills and flying and everything else. I don't know if he would have been available grand final week, but you know, you know, I think he needs to step up his game next year. Appreciate your call, Mick. Um, quite a few texts coming to my phone, a few texts coming through that Tom Fullerton is going to be done, the deal will be done, and that the he will be the backup ruck. But again, he couldn't become the backup ruck. He's a bit shorter than your normal backup ruck. He is an ex-basketballer, so his vertical leap's pretty good. And if they're going to throw the ball up, more often rather than bounce it, maybe he will be the guy. That's the other thing we don't know. And we talked about what are the agenda items for Andrew Dillon and Laura Kane yesterday. But if we are are about to enter a world where the ball is going to be tossed in the air instead of being bounced at the centre of bounces, uh, for want of a better term, then maybe a Tom Fortin whose standing jump is pretty good is going to be the guy, given his basketball background. Harold Sun, by the way, reporting that Harrison Petty We'll honour his contract and stay at Melbourne, despite interest from Adelaide. Petty is contracted until the end of 2025. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's. We'll have for midday Madness New Rue, former Blue. Zach Fisher to join us after one o'clock, so stick around for that. 
plenty of news coming our way trade-wise during the course of the afternoons, during the two weeks of the trade period. So if anything drops, anything comes our way, we'll bring it to your attention straight away. Uh, Michael and Nangwaran wants to talk Melbourne. Welcome to you, Michael. Hello, mate. Uh, just wondering, do you know much about this list manager at Melbourne? Seems to do good deals. Well, you, you're being sarcastic, Michael. You don't like the Grundy deal and you don't like the Grundy departure deal? No, 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 no. no uh, totally the opposite, Dwayne. Oh, totally right, the okay. No, no, totally <laughs> the opposite. No, no, no. I just wondered if uh, you know much about him. That's all. He seems to go good in the media from what I see. Yeah, well, is it Tim Lamb? Is that who it is? Yeah, that's him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, Michael, I don't. And the proof's always in the pudding. So Melbourne is is in the firing line to win a flag. The Grundy deal didn't work for them. Uh, they gave it a crack. Whether they'll give something else a crack, I don't know how much truth there was in the Tom Hawkins story, whether he was a chance. I couldn't really see myself Tom Hawkins driving the, whatever it is, two and a half, three hours in this kind of traffic of a morning from his farm out past series to Casey for training, and then the two and a half hours home, unless you took the ferry or bought the ferry. Um, so I don't know as much in that, but I wouldn't be surprised if Melbourne still is looking around at pick one. Look, there might even be a chance that Melbourne have a late swing at Harry Mackay. I'm not sure how that's all going to transpire, but all I know is the way it feels to me right now, there's a lot of deals getting done early this trade period, which leaves a few recruiters with a lot of time in their hands and a lot of picks to spend week two. So who knows what's going to happen next week. Appreciate your call, Michael. Tom in Thomastown, you there, Tom? How you going? Uh, Dwayne, how are you? Good. That's why oh, I don't want to lose the bounce. I'm a, I'm a ruckman and a full four, and I love the bounce. So keep it, Tom. You keep the centre bounce forever? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, you get you get known like the crackers, uh, Paul Peter Kenny, he won't like that, but, yeah, you get to, you get to stomp around a bit before the bounce and, and try, try, and, um, try and tap the ball, as they say. You can still stomp around crackers, Ken, and style with a ball thrown in the air, but I'm, I appreciate your call, Tom. There's a lot of people who love some of the old-style traditions of our game, including the bounce. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number... If you'd like to join me, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Heaps to get to in the world of sport and the world of AFL. Zach Fisher after one o'clock. Hey, quick one straight after the break. A couple of you calls. Would you watch a game of AFLW if the girls are playing for a million bucks? If there was a game of AFLW on this weekend, Saturday night game, where the girls are simply paying for a million bucks in that game, million bucks up for grabs, would you watch it? One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number, or oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Heaps to get to. Back to your calls for midday madness. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. But a quick thought: Would you watch a game of AFLW this Saturday night? It was worth a million bucks if the girls are playing for a million dollars in prize money to the winner, because we might be about to get it. So the McClellan Trophy winner now gets a million dollars. The club that wins the McClellan Trophy gets a million dollars under the new AFL system. The McClellan Trophy's new system is that it's combined wins. AFL men's and AFL women's combined wins total. So whoever has the most wins between the two takes home the million bucks for the McClellan Trophy. So right now we've got two teams. It's round seven coming up in the AFLW. Right now we've got two teams on 21 wins in total, Brisbane and Melbourne, 
Both teams have won 21 games in total. Brisbane won 17 games in the home and away season in the men's comp, and they've won four so far in the AFLW. Melbourne have won 21 games so far, 16 in the home and away comp in the men's and five in the AFLW. The other team that's just out of the running right now, I shouldn't laugh, is Adelaide, who if they'd have won that game against the Sydney Swans in the men's, uh, then they would have had 17. They are top. They've won all six of their games in the AFLW. They're a chance to go through the AFLW undefeated. They would be in the firing line still for the million bucks, but of course their men's team only won 11 games, not 12 games, and didn't miss the eight. But your thoughts on it? I want 300-736-736 because round 10 of this AFLW season at Brighton Homes Arena in Ipswich, it could be the AFL's first ever million-dollar game. It's a Saturday night game. It's Brisbane hosting Melbourne. Final AFLW home and away game of the season for them, round 10. And if they're both tied on wins, they'll be playing... Well, if they're both tied on wins total, they'll be playing for a million bucks in that game, which I think will get a lot of eyeballs on it. It could be a huge bonanza for the AFL. Both Brisbane with 21 wins now and Melbourne with 21 wins are in the running for that million bucks prize. And it could go down to that game. Even if one team in the lead-up to that game wins an extra game in round 7, 8 or 9 of the AFLW competition, and it's round 7 happening this weekend, you might still have one team needing a win in that game to halve the McClellan Trophy and get half the money, and another team needing to win that game to actually win the whole mill. Uh, I'd certainly watch it. Uh, I'd be watching it probably anyway, Saturday night game, last game of the season between two of the top contenders. But that's what might be on offer for the AFL coming up. Well, See if that one bubbles over the next couple of weeks. Aaron in Port Melbourne as we head back to your calls on that and all things sport, one 736 The open line number brought to us by Werribee Kia for Midday Matters. Welcome to you, Aaron. Yeah, thanks, Dwayne. Um, I just thought I'd shift the conversation from footy to basketball. Um, I don't know if you watched in the NBA a couple of days ago, the clash between Holmgren and the new rookie Wemby. Absolutely fascinating. I think these two are going to go at it for the next 10, 15 years. Um, both beam poles, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I think it's just a, a new matchup of two, two centres, which I don't think we've had for a while, so I think that's exciting. And also, um, I'm off to watch the Jackies this week. I'm an ex-Tasmanian and I uh, haven't had a chance to have a look at them live yet, so looking forward to that Saturday night against South East Melbourne, but I think, I don't know your thoughts, but I think I think the Jackies are flying under the radar. I think, uh, you know, they don't really sort of get talked about yeah. in terms of championship aspirations, but I think there's a lot to like about them. And, you know, Milton is a fantastic import. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's exciting to see what they, if they can go one step further this year. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, listening to the commentary um, the other night when they came from 16 down at three-quarter time to beat Melbourne United... At John Kane Arena, so Melbourne United's home court, if for those people unaware, to win by five, I think the commentary team was kind of telling the world that they're not underestimated anymore. In fact, there's an expectation now that the Jack Jumpers should actually make the NBL um, Grand Final Series. That's how much the expectation has risen, not necessarily just off the back of that win, but given how good a season they're having right now. The expectation is probably higher than it's ever been for the Jack Jumpers, Aaron. And Saturday night against South East Melbourne Phoenix also at John Kane Arena is going to be a pivotal game for them, given that South East Melbourne Phoenix have a couple of their big guys out. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, uh, I, 
I, I think they're struggling early South East Melbourne, but um, I, I think they'll eventually hit their stride, um, especially with Mitch. I think he, he's an absolute superstar to watch. Um, but, yeah, I think it'll be fun Saturday night. I'm looking forward to see, uh, see it in action. Yeah, and sometimes we talk about bookmakers' odds, but sometimes it's weight of money. So, you know, if the Sydney, if the Sydney Kings, I should say, are the favourites, or Melbourne United or the Perth Wildcats are the favourites, it's probably a little bit to do with weight of money. Maybe there's just not a lot of weight of money uh, coming the Jack Jumpers' way, but I think most people have the Jack Jumpers now in their top four estimations, at least, if not their top two. Hey, great to have you call. Aaron, good to be able to talk a bit of other sport with you. Hold the line. We've got a Signet Boost Power Bank coming your way. Signet Boost Power Bank followed at 44.95. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. Uh, quite a few coming through saying no, they wouldn't watch Fog. No, wouldn't watch an AFLW game. It was worth a million bucks. Uh, another one here, you'd have to pay me a million bucks. So there's a few of that coming through. One here, the combined trophy is the most ridiculous trophy in the AFL. Well, that's what the AFL has decided to do. So we'll see in a few weeks' time whether it's ridiculous or whether that becomes the most watched AFLW game in the history of the competition. A trade update for tyre power. power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Trade update coming your way thanks to tyre power. By the way, uh, the McClellan Trophy. Collingwood also in the running for the million bucks because they've got three wins in the AFLW and they've had 18 wins, obviously, in the AFL season just gone. So they are a chance to win the million. They don't play either Brisbane or Melbourne in the run to round 10. They're also probably out of the running for the finals. But, yeah, they could actually win the million bucks as well. And the, a few coming through telling me that there's more points awarded to the AFL per win, AFLW per win to even it up. So there you go. It's, uh, it's extra weight by the sounds of things because there's less games in an AFLW season for to be available for Collingwood, and maybe they will get the million bucks because they don't have to actually play against Melbourne or Brisbane in the run to round 10. Uh, quite a few texts coming through on the AFLW, which is nice. So a trade update for Sam Edmund reporting that earlier on t- things got a little... Well, things are getting testy between Port Adelaide and Geelong in negotiations for Asava Radagalia. So here's Sam on mornings a short time ago giving us the latest on where the Asava Radagalia negotiations are. Asava Radagalia, I really want to talk about this off the top, though, because things are getting testy between Geelong and Port Adelaide when it comes to the trade of Asava Radagalia. Now, the Cats absolutely swatted away Port Adelaide's offer for 24. They didn't even blink. It's 24, no, nah, not looking at it. Now, that is understood to have stunned the power. Port Adelaide now, my understanding is, are threatening to walk Asava Radagalia through the preseason draft if it gets to that. And there's a lot of time between now and Wednesday. And we know this is a threat that often gets trotted out. But from my understanding, this is absolutely on at the moment. Now, if he was to get walked to the preseason draft, I'm not sure how it would work. How would Port navigate Hawthorne and potentially other clubs who would have the picks and the finances to get a deal done for Asava Radigalia, regardless of what terms can be preset with Port Adelaide? But uh, I can tell you now, this is nowhere near getting done, and both clubs um, are at loggerheads, and uh, it's threatening to bubble over. So that is absolutely one to watch today. Sammy Urban from earlier today on SEN. It had been reported that Geelong had asked for Ollie Lord as part of the trade for Radagalia, but Tom Morris reported that that won't be happening with Lord's management in advance talks to extend his current contract with Port Adelaide beyond 2024. And I think there's a spot for Ollie Lord in the forward line for Port Adelaide. I don't think Todd Marshall is 100% locked in 
to his spot. You've got uh, Georgiades as well, who's in the firing line for that spot when he returns from injury. So I think signing Ollie Lord for Port Adelaide, I think, is needing to be a priority. And the Herald Sun also reporting that a new deal for Tom Hawkins is all but done at the Cattery. So an announcement could happen this afternoon. And if that announcement happens on Tom Hawkins re-signing, then we'll bring that to you ASAP. Again, we're going to have a chat to Zach Fisher, who's moved to North Melbourne after the one o'clock news from the Blues. Trades update for tyre power, number one on the tyres trade table. Speaking of what might happen, there's been a lot of talk about what might happen with pick one. Is there still a club that's about to pounce on the West Coast pick one and make the big play for the West Coast pick one and get Harley Reid? Well, I'll play a little bit of Sam McClure and Harley Reid. Firstly, here's Sam McClure on the West Coast and Harley Reid on his Tradies podcast. I just don't think West Coast will pick him. Well, that's what, so you... Do the deal for one then, and you. But I, I, but I wouldn't do the deal if I'm north. So you think you, you play got, the buff? You got and two you, and three, right? Yeah. Just say, pick him. Go on. Do you want to pick one? Nah, you're not going to pick him. We don't need it. We're going to get him at two. Pick him. I haven't really heard that approach. I don't. They're not going to pick him, Mitch. They're not going to pick him. He doesn't want to go there. So everything I said before I can't about I'm doubling down on this for what that happened twelve weeks ago. People in the west are listening. He doesn't want to go there. So everything I said before about North Melbourne having to give up, they don't have to give up much for pick one, you don't reckon? That's the, the fact don't, that West Coast... They don't aren't... need pick one. They're going to get him at two. So that was Sam McClure, Tradies Podcast, uh, with that line, doesn't want to go there. Well, Harley Reid was on SENWA earlier today, and here is the man himself, Harley Reid. I actually heard that one yesterday. It kind of probably it kind of rolled me. Like, to all the West Coast people listening, I don't know how many times I've had to say it or how much clearer I can be, but... I'm happy to go to the Eagles and I'm just super grateful to be in the position I am. And obviously everything over there seems like it's it's a great opportunity and good experience, obviously, with what Perth has to has to bring. So, yeah, um, he obviously doesn't really like me, I don't think. So, yeah. <laughs> Harley Reid taking a little bit of offence to it with a laugh in his voice at least, but he is prepared to go there. But how many other teams are prepared to try and grab, pick one from the West Coast and grab Harley Reid? Back to your calls for Midday Madness after the break. Midday Madness for Worklocker, Karen Downs and Packenham. Unlock Stockton full of value. Work wherefore, wherever you work, visit worklocker.com.au. You get your call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise. Always great to have your texts and your calls for Midday Madness. Midday Madness brought to you, or the open line brought to you by Werribee Kia. If you want to jump on the line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. And send through your texts as well on the forty Winks Temper text oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. The all new Temper Pro T E M P U R Temper. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. Zach Fisher to join us after one o'clock. So we'll have a chat to North Melbourne's new recruit. A couple of texts that have come through. One. If I was Taylor Adams, I'd be more concerned about how the story got out. Yeah, I suppose one thing is talking to your manager in grand final week about maybe leaving the club that you're part of the build-up for grand final day with. Another story when the story gets out. And you're right about uh, it's more about the leak as opposed to the phone call to your manager if that phone call was made. And the next text as well. Dwayne, the McClellan Trophy winner might not even be the flag winner this year, or be a flag winner this year. What a joke. Just give it to the minor premiership winner of the AFL and the AFLW should come up with their own trophy. So they have tried to try change the format this year, the AFL, and as I mentioned, there's three teams 
that are currently tied up on 84 points. But um, there is extra weight. So even though at the moment on the AFLW ladder, Melbourne has five wins, and you look at the ladder, they've got 20 points, and Brisbane four wins. You look at the ladder, they've got 16 points. I have clarified with the AFL, they're giving double points to AFLW wins because there's less games in the season. So there you go. Um, Victorian Premier Jacinda Allen has also announced that a state memorial for Ron Barassi will be held at the MCG on Friday, 10th of November. So more information on the service and how to register for tickets will be announced once those details are confirmed. So that has been brought to us, uh, the story from Victorian Premier Jacinta Allen, a state memorial for Ron Barassi held at the MCG on Friday, November 10th. So uh, there is a chance for everyone to get along and uh, have a look at that. Tom Harley, the CEO of the Sydney Swans, has also spoken earlier today, and he spoke about the fact that they did have a little nibble at Aaron Norton, but the story died quickly. But, boy, it was a big offer to throw at him. Here's Tom Harley on that Sydney CEO. I don't... It was a, certainly a sensational headline, and someone <laughs> sent it to me. Um, and so that, that, I feel, was a bit overblown, Kane, to be honest. Um, we, um, like all clubs, you sort of look at, at ways to get better and, um, and you look at ways, um, uh, options that might be available. Um, what I will say is we've got, you know, an absolute um, faith, if you like, in in our young players coming through that we think will be sort of cornerstones of our team in different parts of the ground. And, and if there's ways to complement those players as opposed to supplant those players, if you like, we look at that. But um, no, it was a headline for a day there. And, uh, and then I think we moved on pretty quickly <laughs> to bring in a few other players. So, uh, uh, but appreciate the speculation. Then. Massive offer for Aaron Norton, but uh, in the end it died down quickly. That was Tom Harley, the CEO of the Sydney Swans on SEN earlier today. Andrew and Brian Briar Hill, I know you want to talk about the chance of Logan McDonald maybe leaving the Swans, so we'll get to you after the break as well. So keep your calls coming. Zach Fisher after the break. Dwayne's what for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. A trade update for tyre power. Tire power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World and more updates coming away right throughout the afternoon, not just on this program, but with Andy and Gazy a little later on. But Zach Fisher, 107 games for the Blues, 53 goals, and he's been a star at times for the Carlton Footy Club. He might end up being a bigger star for North Melbourne. He's moved. Thanks to Tyre Power. He joins us number one on the Tyres trade table. Zach, welcome to you. Great to have you on the program, and uh, you must be pretty excited today. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, I'm very excited, obviously, to be a shin boner and, um, you know, the new opportunities that are, that are ahead of me. Your upside's huge, Zach. When you're firing, you're one of the best players in the comp to watch. You get the ball in your hands a lot. I'm trying to work out whether it was opportunity or where they played you at Carlton, what the issues were a couple of times. Um, yeah, um, that's a good question. I think probably consistency... Um, with the good and the bad and the gap between that is um, something that I've, I've had to work on. But um, I think, you know, going down to halfback, I really felt comfortable down there and exciting to, you know, um, grow that side of my game. So you began life pretty much as a forward. So that necessarily wasn't your natural spot anyway? Um, well, I was always a midfielder growing up. And then I think, you know, as, as what happens to a lot of kids that come in, um, obviously the midfields are very stacked, so you have to adapt and and find new roles, and uh, no, I enjoyed my time as a forward, but um, yeah, excited to try something new. And you live on good terms? Yeah, absolutely. I love to see everyone at, at the club, 
from staff to um, the people upstairs and, and obviously the teammates. Um, but um, I think for me, yeah, my time was done. Uh, and yeah, excited to be a shin learner. When did you decide that it was time to leave and try a fresh start? Um, I think it was um, the final series when um, I thought probably coming off my personal four best games um, at the halfback and, and still found it very difficult to, to break into the finals. Um, you know, after being there for seven years and, you know, that was something for me was um, a big goal. And then, um, yeah, I think North um, presented this opportunity for, you know, with an exciting list and I thought that would be good, a good change for me. So how did it unfold? Uh, did you speak to Alistair Clarkson? Uh, how did it all start to evolve? Uh, yeah, I think the first time I got dropped during the year, um, the club, uh, North reached out to me and then, you know, sort of set up a meeting and um, I was still really 50-50 throughout the whole year. Um, obviously wanted to really fight for my spot and, um, and play senior football and um, I think, yeah, you know, after the final series done, I thought I wanted that to, my football season to be done so I can actually focus on my football. But, um, yeah, things happened pretty quickly after that. And did, uh, I'm sure they did indicate, where do they intend to play? Do they intend to play at halfback or in the midfield? Um, I think when I was speaking to Clark, Clarko, the, um, the versatility um, he, he really liked. And obviously on the outside, they've got a, a lot of good young bulls inside. So being able to just be adaptable and, um, you know, play at any role, I think. Because I'm trying to work it out as well. I'm not too sure whether, you know, Harry Sheasel's going to become a midfielder so they need someone else at half-back almost to play his role a bit so they can get him into the midfield a bit more? Um, I think that's something that excites me. I don't think you see too many um, half-back midfielders interchange. I know you see a lot of, like, the mid-forward rotations. So um, if that's something that Clarko would be looking to explore, that'd be, um, you know, very exciting. Because you've had, I mean, you've had, you know, 27, 28 possession games before in your career so you can actually if you get the right opportunity get the ball plenty of times which is a as a defender you know the way North Melbourne are playing it the ball gets down there a bit so you know the run out is going to be a critical part of their re-evolution uh yeah I just as I said before I really enjoy um seeing the game from behind and I guess using my skills I think as a half it um allowed me to really play to my strength um, you know, with, with my ball use and, and speed breaking lines and, and, and whatnot. So I think, yeah, that'd be something I'd love to explore. And you obviously got a longer-term deal. It was reported you got a four-year deal with a trigger for a fifth. Was the security a factor? Um, yeah, I think it was in the end. And um, I was just actually saying before with Cal Toomey that, um, you know, I have a good mate there, Kristen Logue, who was, um, you know, a big reason why I come as well, just as kids, you know, Wanting to play AFL footy with your best mate, and um, if, when I was able to make that possible, um, you know that was something that was really, really cool to do. So, no thought of going back to WA. You are from a smaller town, York. You're the Prince of York, Zach. So, well, you didn't <laughs> think of going home? Uh, I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> no, I think um, <laughs> I've obviously got a lot of good friends and um, yeah, a house in Melbourne now, and my partner's now settled with her work. So, um, if I can be in in Melbourne for my football career, I think that's pretty cool. Did other clubs have a chat to you or your manager? Um, yeah, a few other clubs here and there, but um, I think for me, North was probably the, the, the leader for pretty well the majority of the time. And it, it has got a huge growth factor to it, North. Alistair Clarkson also arguably the best coach in the comp. So you're going to a guy with a lot of coaching experience that hopefully will get the best out of you. What, what was the other part of North? Is it the younger 
generation coming through? Was it the opportunity to play, you know, pretty much every week? Was it the coach you're going to play under? Um, well, I, I still know I need to, you know, earn my spot and um, come back and present myself very well to, you know, earn that the the playing spot. But I think it was a the the young, exciting list, and I think you know I really see that North can make the jump like Carlton did this year, and um, obviously Clarkson and, and Griffin. Um, yeah, saying Melbourne was also very important, but um, I think yeah, just probably a combination of all those things. You're also going to bring a bit of IP across from Carlton. A few things went right at Carlton this year. Zach, what did happen mid-season, do you think? What did cause the big transformation? Um, I think there was a, probably a, a shift from self to team. I think a lot of the boys at the club, they always said the right thing, but you know, you probably heard about the, the Ed Kerno camp and the bonfire where all the boys did a few nudie runs. And, um, I think it was just a good time to put everything out there and get, get on the same page. So I think at that stage, we're getting pretty frustrated with ourselves. Is that what it boils down? I mean, football is a, I know it's your profession, but blokes are blokes and the unit, unity that you have as a group is almost more important than anything else when you look at the you know X's and O's on a whiteboard. It's, it's more about the unity than ever? Yeah, I think so. And I think it was just, you know, being really strong about... Um, we all split into line, uh, midfield, you know, forward defenders and all sorts of things that we needed to change. And then they all sort of aligned. So we, we're just really hard on... Um, you know, sticking to that and holding people to account. Um, and I think that's what, you know, really started, you know, the unity, had a few beers together. So, yeah, mm. good luck to them. <laughs> and, and good luck to you at North. A uh, whole new future for you, Zach. So we do wish you the best of luck. There's a lot of texts coming through wishing you the best of luck, especially as well from Blues fans. I think there's a lot of love in the house from Blues fans still for you. So hopefully you can feel that too. Yeah, I do. Thank you, mate. Really appreciate it. Zach Fisher joining us. The Prince of York, not going back to WA. He's going to North Melbourne from the Blues. An update thanks to Tyre Power, number one on the tyres trade table. We're coming back to your calls after the break. one 736 is the open line number. Andrew and Briar Hildo's been holding for a while. Welcome to you, Andrew. Hi, Dwayne. How are you? Good. Um, yeah, I've got a question for you. I've been hearing a lot of um, rumours about Logan McDonald who... Uh, Wanting a transfer to or a uh, a trade over to uh, Collingwood Land, and that's I don't know whether whether it's true or not, but I feel like he would be a really good fit along with a, a few others that are coming along with Lockie Schultz and and even Jack Billings. I'm I'm hearing wants to um, trade over to Collingwood as well, um, so I'm just thinking like. If Jack Ginnivan's leaving with the potential to go to Hawthorne, then like are all of these options available? I, I just don't know how it's going to work out, but um, yeah, it sounds like pretty ominous if all of that's going to come around. Uh, it's, yeah, it's. I just want to know what you think about that and whether we could get Logan McDonald. I don't think it'll be happening. I heard Tom Harley, Sydney CEO on SEN earlier today, talking about Tom and how he's part of their long-term plans and won't be going anywhere. Strap out to your calls and your texts for Midday Madness. You call, you get on. That's a Midday Madness promise. The number one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 
Still got a couple of Signet Boost power banks to give away before we hand over to Andy and Gazy. So jump on the line, one 736 the open line number brought to us by Werribee Kia, Werribee Kia Award, a national Kia car dealer of the year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy, anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss. We'll get you on all the way up until 2 o'clock. Uh, Chris and Campbell was on the line, must have a chat about Melbourne. Been a lot of talk about Melbourne on the text today as well. A couple of texts firstly on Zach Fisher. Hi, Dwayne. Great chat with Zach Fisher. I'm a Blues member. Good luck, Zach. I would have been happy if Fish stayed. Cheers, Dean. Another one here. Um, Dwayne, please ask Zach if it was his two WA childhood buddies, Logan Zerha, who convinced him to join North. Well, he did mention Griffin Logan as one of his buddies in that chat, so I hope that sufficed for you. Another here. Being a Carlton supporter, this is a big loss. Uh, stuff up. Anyone who says any different is kidding themselves. Uh, thanks for that as well. And uh, and Ben Mackay or Asava Radagalia, question mark, question mark. Isava would have dominated in North Melbourne's team. Very similar players. Uh, thanks for that. Well, Ben Mackay is an interesting one. He's, I think he's got a big upside, but we haven't quite seen the best of him yet. Maybe we're about to see the best of him. And maybe he'll end up having a better career than Asava Radagalia. But they're going to have two completely different roles next year, regardless of where Asava ends up, whether it's staying at Geelong going to Port Adelaide, but Ben Mackay is going to get a lot of ball coming his way, given how far it is for North to slowly climb their way up the ladder. I mentioned Melbourne talk. There's been a lot of talk about Melbourne today. So uh, on Trade Radio today, um, Tom Morris and Sammy Edmund have been having a chat about all the talk surrounding Melbourne and Clayton Oliver. Here is Tom Morris from a few moments ago on Trade Radio with the latest. Tell us what Stick you got. The, I'm just going to read out my tweet, if that's okay, because at the moment they're the only facts that I know. So I can confirm that Clayton Oliver was today at Footscray Hospital this morning. He had a CT scan and an X-ray. Now, Melbourne is still trying to ascertain all the details, but the good news is he's okay. He's been discharged and he's spoken to the club. He's been discharged. He's been discharged. Right. So we there's so many questions out of this. We don't know why he was there. We don't know when he was admitted. No. We don't know what Melbourne make of it. No. We've tried to contact them. So yeah. far, they're refusing to comment. Well, um, we have spoken to Melbourne. They just didn't know the details. Right. So they're not ignoring us. They just don't know the details. So, right, but he's, they've spoken to Clayton Oliver. Yes, he's spoken to them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. And he, that, so there's a lot of ambiguity around this, and we're treading very carefully for obvious reasons. But what we do know is that Clayton Oliver was today at Footscray Hospital. He's been discharged. While he was there, he had a CT scan and an X-ray. And uh, the club is still trying to ascertain the exact details around why he was there and how serious those injuries are. And the best news is, as you said in your tweet here, I'm just reading now, is that he is okay. He's been discharged. So thankfully, Clayton Oliver is uh, okay, relatively speaking anyway. Tom Morris with Sammy Edmund on Trade Radio. Mark in Adelaide, you want to talk Ollie Wines and Xavier Dersma? Welcome to you, Mark. Oh, good day, Dwayne. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get on to that one. I just can't understand with the Crows, for example, they let Lions go a couple of years ago and he ended up, you know, he'd come on in the grand final. So he's obviously doing quite well at another club. And then you, they say that they need a, wid, a midfielder. But, you know, you, you've got Wines and, and Dersma at Port. And I don't even know if the Crows had a look at them. I don't, I don't know whether it's because they're at Port and they don't like getting players across. I know there's only been a few over the years that gone from one team to the other but I think that um, you know it's a lot easier for a player to settle if he's already in the same city I'm agreeing with you on that Mark so why wouldn't they want to have a crack I understand if Ollie Wines doesn't want to leave or 
as a captain of Port Adelaide, he might not consider that as being a move that's going to win him too many friends if he goes to the Crows, whereas if he comes home to Victoria, then that might be a little bit more understandable with the fan base that have loved him for so long. But why wouldn't the Crows want to have a chat to Xavier Dersma? Do you think he would fit into their team all right, wouldn't he, Mark? Well, I think both of them would fit into the team. But, you know, and to not, not even have a chat, I just, yeah, I, I just yeah. I don't understand unless the Crows have got something up their sleeve. But at the moment, you know, it's... They might be putting all their eggs in one basket, and if it doesn't happen with Petty, <laughs> we've got no one. Yep. So, yeah. So, how, you're in Adelaide, Mark. How strongly is it being reported? I know the reports here were, well, there's one report that Harrison Petty was offered something like $800,000 a year to transfer to Adelaide, even though, from what we understand, it won't be happening. Is that what you're hearing over there too? I've heard that they're throwing a fair bit at him because they rate him very highly and they think, mm. you know, that they're in the premiership, you know, window, even though they finished just outside the eight. But over the next couple of years, they're in the premiership window and they feel like, yeah, he could be the icing on the cake. So, But I haven't heard of them looking at anyone else, that's all. Yeah, well, there's still a lot of time to go in this trade period. So right now, Melbourne are saying, well, from what we understand, it's being reported that Harrison Petty won't be leaving Melbourne. And right now it's being reported that Ollie Wines won't be leaving Port Adelaide, that Port Adelaide aren't interested in allowing Ollie Wines to leave either. But, um, you know, still a lot of water to go under the bridge when it comes to what kind of crazy offers my clubs make in the second week, given a lot of these deals are at least being done in the first week. Uh, We'll get the latest in the lead-up to Josh Jenkins' stint on Trade Radio a little bit later on in the program. But great to have you call. Mark, hold the line. We've got a few Dwayne's Wood T-shirts hopefully coming, so hold the line. We'll... We'll get your name and your address, and uh, when they do come in a couple of weeks, we'll send one your way in Adelaide there, Mark. Thanks for your call on that. Chris in Camberwell, thanks for holding. Chris, welcome to you. Thank you, Dwayne. Dwayne, I just wanted to clear up a few things. I let them know earlier on the player Melbourne was really chasing. According to friends that are pretty close to the club, I've been a long-time member, as you're well aware, and... um, I can tell you this, that Dershmer is the player they're chasing, not Reed, because Reed will go in the, in the first two, I have no doubt about that. And Hawthorne's the one that is the favourite for Dershmer at the moment. But what I'm hearing is another interesting thing. If Petty did go, they'd be asking for Fogarty and um, Thorpe. Which, that's what I got told, someone very close to the club. They don't want to release Petty at all, you're quite right. And they would make it very, very tough on Adelaide because picks wouldn't come into it. That's what I was told. And that's pretty close to the truth, Dwayne. So are you still confident? And I did hear Kane Corns earlier today talking about, well, he was, I think, talking around the hypothetical that if Petty goes, then Thilthorpe would be the right guy to ask for a trade for. So Petty for Thilthorpe and uh, we maybe all be able to just call it square even though there might be a few at Melbourne suggested Petty is a lot more advanced in terms of how good he can be next year than Thilthorpe. But Thilthorpe's got a huge upside still, and Kane Corns articulated that really well earlier today. Do you still think Jefferson will play in your forward line early next year? Will he be in round one? The trouble is, Dwayne, what I hoped for was they had to get the same as Van Ruyen. They hoped to get to the grand final in the VFL. And because they were put out by leaving out 12 players, which I told you a number of weeks ago, I had a go at the club on this because I haven't re-signed my membership. I'm waiting until after the draft uh, before I send in my membership uh, to join the club at the moment, Dwayne. But the thing about Melbourne is 
that um, Jefferson really was going to play. Um, he kicked 52 goals in the VFL. Let me tell you that is correct. And another, I noticed another one of your callers uh, brought that up to you a week ago. And the thing about uh, Jefferson is that uh, it's been a setback of probably a year uh, mm. because I don't believe he's ready now. He's got to go back to Casey because they didn't make the Premiership, uh, Dwayne, or the preliminary final. And yet, Van Ruyen, there were seven players this year that played in that Casey, not all at Melbourne, but that played last year in the Casey team that are currently playing in league clubs at the moment. Five at Melbourne and two elsewhere. Hunt is currently playing for West Coast and Bedford for GWS. Mm. They were all in the, the Premiership. Of course, Van Ruyen was playing... And they also had McVie was in that team. And, and there's a number of other ones. that, Of course, were Woden, of course, who played senior games with Melbourne this year. And so, Dwayne, that's why I rang you up. And to tell you that Dershmer is the one to watch with Melbourne, that's the one they really want. But Hawthorne is the favourite to get him. And the other thing, Dwayne, is if they lose out on that, Paddy is the player I expect to be taken um, it's pick seven, it's not pick six, because it's going to fall. And the 11th mm. pick is a fellow from Gippsland Power called Oscar Reed. That's what I've been told. He's a which they badly need, a young rutten. Chris, Thank great to have you on. Good to be able to have your information given to us. Uh, I think Dersma, well, a lot of people are telling me Dersma will go around that pick five area as well. So how early in the draft do you need to get to? Um, and could you get Xavier back to the to the club that his brother gets drafted to this year as well. But the trouble is you've got to get the trade for Xavier Dersma done before you know whether you're going to get his brother in the draft, which is coming up still in a few weeks from now, which, by the way, will bring you on SEN. Great to have so many calls and your texts. Back to your calls after a quick break. Midday matters. You call, you get on. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. that open line number. Still got a Signet Boost power bank to give away to the best caller in about the next 10 or 15 minutes because we still have... A bit to get to, especially after 2 o'clock. And if you didn't hear earlier, Victorian Premier Jacinta Allen has announced that a state memorial for Ron Barassi will be held at the MCG on Friday, 10th of November. So more information on the service and how to register for tickets will be announced once those details are confirmed. Straight back to your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the open line number. If you would like to join me, the open line number brought to us by Werribee Werribee awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. And quite a few texts about the Aaron Norton situation and the Sydney Swans. Um, Kinnear Beetson did speak on it last night on Sports Day. Here's what Kinnear Beetson, the chief recruiter for the Swans, had to say about the lure of trying to get Aaron Norton on a long-term deal, which didn't eventuate. You've just got to have a go at trying to get you know, really good players into your club. Um, we've got three young forwards in, in Logan, Joel Amadi and Hayden, uh, our talls. Um, not quite sure yet what's happening with Sammy Reid. That's still a work in progress and, and losing Bud, of course. They're big shoes to fill. So you know, if you can get an A-grader in, um, you've got to look at it. We had a crack at it. He's elected to stay, so we move on. A little bit more of Kinnear Beats. And Josh Jenkins, not far away from joining us to talk more about the day of trades. Diamonds coach Stacey Marinkovic also to have a chat 
about all things netball and the Diamonds play tonight. That's to come after two. But a quick break, and that's back to your calls. Don't forget, you can tune in this Sunday morning at 10am for This Is Your Journey. Sammy Edmund interviews champion Australian cyclist Phil Anderson, all thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. And the Dog Lovers Festival bounds back to Jeff's shed this weekend. Fetch. Tickets, get that. Fetch tickets at dogloversfestival.com.au. Got a heap of texts yesterday on the 1.30 temper question without notice. 40 winks and temper, T-E-M-P. You are bringing us the text machine, 043 But you can jump on the line. Had a heap of texts and calls yesterday with that question without notice yesterday. The MCG and the AFL and the audio guy putting up a play, um, a song poll on grand final day with the specific line pump-up songs involving Charlie Cameron and Take Me Home Country Roads. Had a heap of calls on that yesterday with a question without notice. Quick one today, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I'm not sure how your your order of life events goes these days. We're giving away, I think, some spring carnival tickets next week or the week after. I'm in my 50s, and I can tell you how it's always been. Footy season, first priority. Then when the grand, grand final's done, Bathurst, you have your Sunday barbecue. That was always something I did in my younger years. And then... Spring Carnival starts with Guineas Day and Corfu Cup Day. Spring Carnival, to me, was always a highlight on my calendar. And there was a year when I actually went to all of them. Corfu Guineas, Corfu Cup, Geelong Cup, Cox Plate, Derby, Melbourne Cup, Oaks Day. Uh, since moving to Melbourne as a 21-year-old, there hasn't been a year, I think, where I haven't gone to at least one Spring Carnival race day. Corfu Guineas is on this Saturday. Spring racing... Already has already started, but this Saturday to me has always been the first of the big party days. Is it still, and is spring carnival racing still a must-attend part of your year? If not Caulfield, the Valley, are you a traditional Valley goer, or are you a Flemington Carnival goer and you go every year? Is it still uh, a number one part of your year, the spring carnival, and are you going again this year? Because we haven't talked about it much, and we're giving away some tickets next week or the week after. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. It's changed a bit. No Melbourne Cup parade. So first year for a while, no Melbourne Cup parade. We're told we're probably not going to get one. Um, now, it's changed a bit for me because I think I've missed two Cox plates in around the last 28 to 30 years. And things have changed for me because of my age. I remember going to Cox plates with about a dozen mates and then it dwindled to 10 and then it dwindled to about eight. And now this year it's dwindled to about... Zero. I'm not sure I'll be going this year for the first time in quite a while. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is Spring Carnival still a must attend for your part of your calendar year of sport. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Quick question without notice for temper, or if you want to jump on the open line, we'll take your calls. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. While speaking of the text, a couple of texts that have come through in the meantime. Hi Dwayne, just love Chris from Campbell's passion, true loyal supporter. Uh, and thanks for James Harms as well at the D's Go Bulldogs. John, it was great to hear James Harms on SEN earlier today. Dwayne, Chris from Campbell needs his own weekly segment on your show. That comes through every time we get Chris on the line. Dwayne, without Chris from Campbell and John from Epping, SEN would be screwed. Kicker Collins, thanks for that as well. Uh, Phil from Warnable, Spring Carnival, still on the agenda every year. Phil, welcome to you. Going to Dwayne, first Cox Plate 2008. Um, started going down with the crew, and it's basically uh, on every year. Whoever wants to come, comes. And uh, since the Minicardo has been incorporated into the Friday night, we, we go down Friday afternoon, Minicardo Friday night, Cox Plate Saturday. Big trip from Warnable every year. You can't beat it. It's fantastic. 
Phil, great to have you call. Uh, really appreciate you jumping on the line. We've got a Signet Boost power bank coming your way. We've got a few of these to give away. Uh, we'll try and get one down to you. Or a Dwayne's or a T-shirt down to you, one of the two. Phil, hold the line and we'll get your details. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Quite a few texts coming through. Derby Day better than Christmas Day. Crackers from Oak Park. Well, it started with me with the Cheltenham Carnival and Boxing Day. All of the Port Adelaide footballers when Cheltenham was still alive would always go to Cheltenham on Boxing Day. It was like a, an unofficial Christmas get-together for all of us. So maybe that's where it was ingrained for me. But uh, because I'm older, it has dwindled a bit. My Cox Plate crew coming from various parts of Australia has dwindled from a dozen to, well, quite a few times. We had a dozen come from all parts of Australia to about seven, to about six, to about five, to about nil this year. One here, I always check out of town when the spring carnival starts. I love horses, but not horse racing. That's from Dean. Uh, keep your texts coming and your calls coming. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. And one here, well, I had a text earlier and a caller earlier asking about Logan McDonald's future at the Sydney Swans. I promised to play you this grab of Tom Harley the CEO of the Sydney Swans talking about Logan McDonald's long-term future being at the Swans and nowhere else. Here's Tom Harley talking about that from earlier. No, uh, Logan is absolutely a, you know, if you talk about sort of use, use an analogy from another sport, a, a talisman, if you like, and, and he was picked for with us. Um, so he is a cornerstone of our future. Absolutely no doubt about that. And mm. um, we value him enormously. Um, and I know the type of um, young man that Logan is, he really values his role, the club and, and what it looks like going forward. So, um, you know, he's contracted for next year. I'm sure we'll continue discussions around what his long-term future looks like. But he's, um, you know, I think he's going to be thrilling the fans of the SCG for a long time yet. Tom Harley, thrilling fans of the SCG for a long time yet. Logan McDonald and a couple of texts on the latest as well with Jay Gresham. Well, Dave Misson was on the program yesterday. Uh, Ball and Essendon's court was the latest there. So let me play you Dave Misson from yesterday just to clarify where that is all at and whether it's an end-of-first-round pick as part of AFL compensation or whether they'll trade for a pick. Here's Dave Misson from yesterday. Essendon's court there to, um, you know, to, to lodge an offer for Jade. Um, and you know, he, his management is working with Essendon to to get that going and then you know once that's done we we need to decide whether whether we're going to match that offer or um and you know potentially facilitate a trade there and what so what kind of compensation would you get or it would be a trade would it well if we if we decided to match um yeah there'd be a trade but depending on the the offer that essendon made uh that would obviously um drive that compensation for us so we're, mm. you know, we're hoping for as, as good a compensation pick as we can there. So, but that's totally dependent on the offer that Essendon make. Yeah, what what kind of compensation do you think you might end up with then? Well, Jade, you know, Jade's a you know, very high level player. He kicked twenty goals for us this year. Um, you know, he's been a really established player at St Kilda, and we're hoping to to get you know an end of first round pick. Uh, that's what we'd be after there. Mm. But you are a chance to match it. That's part of your plan if you have to well yeah if the compensation that you know we we get offered isn't what we'd like then we you know we'd uh, decide whether we wanted to match it there jade has a great relationship with ross so you know if, if we have to we, we'd be very happy to keep jade at some children if um, mm. you know if that's the way it starts to starts to look 
Dave Misson from the Saints yesterday on the program, clarifying exactly what they're after and what they're expecting back. Back to your calls, Dave. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Tony in two worlds. Welcome to you, Tony. How are you going there, Dwayne? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Well, I started listening to you halfway through the footy season to the, the think of the South Australian radio being so South Australian. And um, being a port supporter, you don't really get looked after over here that well anyway. But uh, with the uh, regular video thing, like, we've always had so much trouble with Geelong. I just wonder, like, are they ever going to be able to do it anyway? Obviously, they've knocked back pick 20 and, um, you know, like, they just want the top brick. They want to what? The top brick? They want the top brick all the time. They want, they want, to, sell their, they want to sell their bloody footballers for a fortune and they want everything back of their way for ne- next to nothing. I haven't heard that saying for quite a while, Tony. I appreciate it uh, in two worlds. Oh, look, I, I think the deal will get done eventually, but there's still a lot of days to get the deal done. There's still essentially a week left. So there's no hurry to do it. And if you want to hold out, then hold out. That was the tradition for a number of years. It's just that we've seen a few deals already done from teams. So we kind of get the indication that um, that's going to be the the thing this year, all the deals get done early. But sounds like the Asava Radigalia one might not get done till the death, Tony, which has happened before. What's that thing they can do? Like that's put, they can pull the trigger and go down the hard road. What's that? What's that all about? In terms of going down the hard road for Asava, well, they can just not get him at all, Tony. That's the hard road. I thought they were saying they can see a commission or something about it next Wednesday. Uh, no, I don't know anything about that, Tony, but I'll... Um, I think pre-season, trying to walk him through the pre-season is the hardest of hard roads, especially if you're up the ladder. It's an easy road if you're down the bottom, if you're North Melbourne, because you get the first pick in the pre-season draft if he walks. But you know, I don't think that is going to happen with Asava. But who knows, Tony? Hey, great to have you call. You're a poor man. How's Two Worlds looking these days? When I grew up in Paraka, we used to be able to take the crab and rakes out of Two Worlds and get a few big blueies. So how are they now? Yeah, blue swimmers are still here on the coastline. They're just starting to come in again for the season. There's a lot of, lot of development out here nowadays. We were a well-kept secret, but now we're getting like uh, thousands and thousands of houses going up. But, yeah, I don't think we're going to lose our country feel anytime soon. That's good, Tony. And uh, it might be a bit busier with the crab and rakes now than it ever was, but uh, maybe I'll just have to go a bit further around to Price and Ardrossan like we used to do when it was a, a little bit busier than those days. Hey, great to have you call, Tony. Really appreciate you jumping on. Just on Asava Radigalia, here's Sam Edmund who had the latest on Asava from earlier today. Asava Radigalia, I really want to talk about this off the top, though, because things are getting testy between Geelong and Port Adelaide when it comes to the trade of Asava Radigalia. Now, the Cats absolutely swatted away Port Adelaide's offer for 24. They didn't even blink. 24, nah, not looking at it. Now, that is understood to have stunned the power. Port Adelaide now, my understanding is, are threatening to walk Asava Radigalia through the preseason draft if it gets to that. And there's a lot of time between now and Wednesday. And we know this is a threat that often gets trotted out. But from my understanding, this is absolutely on at the moment. Now, if he was to get walked to the preseason draft, I'm not sure how it would work. How would Port navigate Hawthorne and potentially other clubs who would have the picks and the finances to get a deal done for Asava Radigalia, regardless of what terms can be preset with Port Adelaide? But uh, I can tell you now, this is nowhere near getting done, and both clubs um, are at loggerheads, and uh, it's threatening to bubble over. So that is absolutely one to watch today. Sam Edmund, he's opening to his program on SEN earlier today.
It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. Kangan.edu.au. RTO 3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Midday Madness, rapid fire, all the way to 2 o'clock. You call, you get on. That's a Midday Madness promise, but uh, make your point quick because we've got Mick, Ray, Matt, Marty on the line at the moment. If you want to jump on and get in the queue, one 300 Mick and Killside, thanks for joining us. Mick, welcome to you. Yeah, you go, Dwayne. Pleased you well. Um, just got uh, Jack Ginevan will be at Hawthorne next year. Take it to the bank, put it in the vault. Nothing better than a take it to the bank, put it in the vault at the end of your statement, Mick. Great to have you. Ray on the road. You there, Ray? Ray might be going. Matt and Paran, welcome to you, Matt. You want to talk Sydney? Yeah, go Dwayne. Just a quick question, mate. North, those assistance picks that North have are on the proviso of how they do on field next year. So if they come good next year, what happens to those end of first round picks? If they get pushed back, is that just teams like Sydney that have got one of those picks? Is that just bad luck for them then? Uh, well, I think the picks do move. So next year's picks are, yeah, in relation to where you move. And it's a bit like uh, the dogs trading out their pick. They're expecting to finish high on the ladder um, and have the pick being way back in the draft. But if the dogs have a bad season, they've traded away a really good pick. Yeah, so that's how it works, Matt. Yeah, fair enough. Thanks, Dan. Which, is, which isn't always great. Marty and Melton, you there, Marty? Yeah, Dwayne, I just quickly, mate. Arada, Salah, Father, Bali, or whatever his name is, right? So, would you agree if you're in the All Australian squad, you've had an A grade season and you're probably an A grade footballer? Yeah. Yep. Would you Would you agree that he's probably not even in the top twenty best defenders in the league? Yes. Would you agree? Oh, not, well, yeah, maybe. Yep. Okay. Yep. Pick twenty four is a bloody good pick for a C plus. Maybe, maybe at his best form a B-grade footballer. He's had six years to prove that he's an A-grader. 24 is almost the first round of the way, though. Like, Geelong, you can't have everything your own way. I agree with the caller before, mate. <laughs> Appreciate your call, Marty. Well, they've got to ask for it now. There's still another, you know, there's still a handful of days left in the trade period. Why wouldn't you put up the ambit claim now that you want the word for him? And then later down the track, oh, you might give in and accept something. But... You know, it's supply and demand. Key defenders are in demand right now. Ben, Ka- ben Bakai is getting a lot more than he's probably worth. Is he in the best uh, 20 defenders in the comp right now? Well, if you're counting the fact that Collingwood's probably got three of them and Melbourne's got two of them, um, yeah, you're probably not in the best 20 defenders if you're Ben Mackay either, let alone Asava Radagalia, who wasn't getting a game. A couple of texts that have come through on the way to the news. Uh, VRC dropped the ball not getting Jack Ginevan to be the spokesperson for the Guineas this weekend. They could have called it the Guinea at the Guineas. Zark and Preston, a nice text. Um, Sydney could have offered two years to Tom Hawkins if Geelong can't hold on. Sad, he deserves better. Yes, yeah, Sydney could have offered big money on Tom Hawkins, but I'm not sure he's moving up to Sydney. He's about to break the Geelong all-time games record. His father played for the club, grandfather played for the club, uncles played for the club, and... Sounds like they're pretty close to a deal right now, the Geelong Footy Club and Tom Hawkins. So that one is going to dissipate that fire. Uh, Chris from Camberwell says he's a long-standing member. He wants answers from the club before renewing his membership. Real supporters support their clubs always. Chris will sign up. I can't see Chris not signing up for next year, but thanks for your text as well. And a few comings are on the Spring Carnival, so I'll get back to your calls on that. Mark from South Melbourne, you're going to have to be really quick. You jumped on late. Mark, you there? Yeah, good night, Dwayne. What's the 
killed him during the draft. He's first sucking every playing marble or playing cards. We've got Google Howard. We've got Weston. We've got Billy. What's going on? Well, you've got a few coming your way, though, Mark. That's the good news. You'll get Liam Henry. It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. Kangan.edu.au. RTO 3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. A trade update for tyre power. power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Oh, it's great to have your company for Dwayne Tort, Dwayne Tort for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. Trade updates for tyre power, number one on the tyres trade table. I'll bring you a few of the bits and pieces that have been coming from Trade Radio over the course of the last hour. Player managers David Trotter and Julian Petrarca from Hemisphere Management have been on Trade Radio a short time ago, so I'll play you a little bit of what they've had to say, I'll play you a little bit of what Tom Morris had to say on Clayton Oliver from earlier on on Trade Radio as well. A couple of texts that have come through, quite a few coming through on whether the Spring Carnival is still a major part of your sporting year, as it's always been religiously. Is it still? A couple of here on the text uh, have stopped going religiously now that my 20-year-old son is going. It's their time, Derby Day, and I'm having a punting lunch at Lamaro's with 20 friends, the new way to punt, Richard from Richmond. And is that the case? Because that is the case, I think. Uh, as I mentioned, my days maybe of going to the Spring Carnival, especially the Caulfield part of it, which uh, has been a part of the carnival that has always been well attended by the young and the well attended by the young who like a drink. Um, is it still part of yours or are you now handing it over? And what is the number one ticket for the year now? If you do have, I know it from my daughter, if I asked her what the number one ticket for her for the whole year would be, if she could go to any sporting event, she would tell me it's the F1. I reckon she loves going to the, to the F1 every year, and that's the, the number one ticket. She loves September Club as well, which I'm lucky enough to be able to spend with her, but doesn't necessarily want to go to the grand final. Courtside NBL as well is a number one ticket for her. If I can get a courtside seat, she's always up for that. So, and happy birthday to you, Summer, as well. It was a nice dinner down at Elwood Bathers and cheerio to Joel and the team down there last night. But um, what is the number one ticket? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If not for you, and you're a 50-plus-year-old like me, for the younger generation now, what's the number one ticket sports-wise for the year? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Take a few of your calls and send through your text, 0433981116. Okay, Trade Radio for Tire Power. David Trotter gave us the latest one of his players, Xavier Dersma. What's the latest there? Here's David Trotter on Xavier. Yeah, so hopefully. I mean, he is contracted. That's mm. what I'll say. So, I mean, you know, Porter got a bit of power there in terms of, uh, you know, if they want to keep him, they can keep him. So uh, the, the opportunity in Essendon, I think, is, you know, there's been talk of Zave saying, oh, I want to be a midfielder. I think that's not exactly the case. Like, he knows with his strengths and his running and his, you know, his outside game that that's his role. But I think he can you know, probably have more of an impact. I think he's felt his body's let him down a lot. Like we all remember him in his first couple of years, he burst on the scene. I think you all remember his running power, his aerial stuff. Like he's super tough. Like when he came in at, you know, it's probably 70 kilos ringing wet when he came in. We all haven't seen that for the last year or two enough. And that's just because of his body. So I think he's excited to actually have an impact on a club and, you know, get back to what he can do. So um, credit to Port. They've been really open to looking at it. You know, they're doing a deal. Hopefully with Zerk Thatcher that Zave can become a part of, whether 
I don't see how that gets done separately, but um, if it gets tied in, great. Um, but X understand he's contracted. So that's where, you know, if he has to go back, he'll go back. But ideally, he ends up at the Bombers. David Trotter, who's looking after Xavier Dersma, and that deal is a deal that could be on. The Xavier Dersma and Brandon Zerk-Thatcher deal is linked. According to David, David also spoke about Jacob Kaczynski. What's the latest there on Jacob Kaczynski's move from Hawthorne to Richmond? Here's David Trotter on that. Yeah, look, in this, we hopefully don't have to get involved. Like, that's the mm. best scenario for us. And usually, you know, once you've done enough of these, you realise it is, you know, it finishes 7.30 next Wednesday. So there's no need to panic just yet. Yeah. Um, usually, if you get to sort of Tuesday, Wednesday next week, we might have to get a bit more involved. But, um, you know, both clubs in any situation, one's trying to get as much as they can and one's trying to pay as little as they can. <laughs> so I get that's where your starting point is. But, you know, rarely do they not get to a point where it ends up getting done. So I'm not too worried about that one at the moment. Um, we'll see how we go. And there's been a lot of talk, a lot of texts come through about Elijah Hollands and his potential move. Here's David Trotter on that. He'll be at one of the two clubs next year. It's not like he's looking around and, yep. you know, trying to shop Surveying. around and see what's out there. So... That's where it's been a bit of a delay. Like both of those clubs have got a bit of stuff going on. They've still got a couple of players moving out where they've probably got to sort some picks out and we all know Gold Coast are bloating up with their points. So that's probably more a conversation for the weekend. Like we have spoken to Carlton, spoken to Gold Coast. They've agreed to have a chat and it'll probably be more after the like after tomorrow, sit down over the weekend and see where it sits. So Elijah hasn't come out and said, hey, 100%, that's where I'm going. I think it'll be a mutual decision of is there something there that Gold Coast would look at and that Lige wants to take the opportunity. So I think there is a reasonable chance, but it's not. I'll sort of have more information in the next couple of days. So he either stays at the Gold Coast or joins his brother at Carlton, one of the two. And Zane Dersma. So where's he going to be taken in the draft? Who might be interested in taking Zane? Part of the maybe first or second brother through, depending on whether you can get both. Here's David Trotter on that. Yeah, like I think he's obviously really early. I mean, it all depends whether, like you guys would know more than I would, where the picks potentially could end up. Um if it stays as is and North have two and three, I think there's a fairly good chance without, and clubs don't do that these days in terms of committing at all, let alone before trade periods over. So um, look, I don't think he slips past four or five, but I think if North have got both those picks and that's where they end up, if they've got one, maybe that changes, but yeah, he's inside that three to five range. And Julian Petrarca spoke about Massimo D'Ambrosio. What is the latest with his change of club? He's Julian Petrarca, his player manager. This is one of those ones that kept on bubbling away throughout the year. Um, he's obviously out of contract uh, on the rookie list at Essendon. And, um, yeah, Hawks sort of declared a little bit of interest and, yeah, just kept the conversations going. And it got to a point where, yeah, they, they were prepared to offer him a, a two-year deal. So, um, yeah, I think things are progressing well with, with Essendon and Hawthorne from a trade sense. I don't think anything will happen over the next couple of days, but it's probably more of a Tuesday-Wednesday job. Julian Petrarca on Massimo D'Ambrosio. A couple of texts that have come through. Um, one here not long ago on what is the number one ticket and whether you still have the Spring Carnival as you must go as part of your life. Uh, Sandick from Albert Park not that long ago would take a week off, annual leave, and attend all four days of the Carnival. Now I think Champions Day, the old family day, is the best day of the four, which I can get along to with my wife. Three terrific races on the card. So... Yeah, there's a few that have got older and family day is now the day. Dwayne, nothing more enjoyable than Boxing Day at the G. Meeting old and new friends in a relaxed and excited, exciting environment. Nothing else comes close. Steve from Deanside says Boxing Day, still the one number one ticket in Victorian or at least Australian sport for you uh, of the year. 
Steve from Dane, from Dean's side. High Dwayne Spring Carnival is a must. Then cricket on Boxing Day. Then start looking forward to the Aussie Open. Then the excitement of a new AFL season. Susan, who enjoys it all. Quite a few coming through on Boxing Day, being the number one ticket in Australian sport. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you want to weigh into that. Dwayne, I'll still go to the Cox Plate with my 20-year-old and my mates and his mates. You're welcome to come with us. There you go. That's from Jason. Thanks for the invite, Jason. Youngsters these days want to go and see the Chiefs so they can see Taylor Swift. That's from Travis. Uh, that's an expensive ticket too if you're flying to the States on that. Uh, with a kid now... There's another text. I prefer the smaller meets during spring carnival. Example, Mornington or some of the lesser Mooney Friday night meetings, but still love it. Jared and Chelsea, so still going to the spring carnival after all these years. And uh, a couple of other texts coming through on what's the latest on Clayton Oliver. So if you didn't hear earlier on, we played you what Tom Morris had to say on Trade Radio about Clayton Oliver. Let me play you that again. Tom Morris had the latest facts. So let's go straight back to Tom from earlier today. I can confirm that Clayton Oliver was today at Footscray Hospital this morning. He had a CT scan and an X-ray. Now, Melbourne is still trying to ascertain all the details, but the good news is he's okay. He's been discharged and he's spoken to the club. He's been discharged. He's been discharged. So that was Tom earlier today. His understanding is that Oliver might have fallen and Melbourne is expected to release a statement shortly. So we'll bring you that statement as soon as it does come to hand. Back with your calls and your texts. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the open line number. Brought to us by Werribee here. Josh Jenkins from Trade Radio, also not far away. is joining us in a few minutes' time. But after your calls, of course, on Dwayne's World. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute in roll. Now quite a few texts coming through about what is the number one ticket for the year in Australian sport, if not Victorian sport. One here, right, local grand final, best ticket and best day of the year. Catch up with everyone. And, yeah, it's not a bad call. Local footy grand finals are always great moments, especially in country footy. Um, Carlton's first pre-season game at Princess Park, best ticket of the year. Best way to whet the appetite for the season ahead. Been to the last four barring COVID where we couldn't. That's a nice call as well. Dwayne, what about the air show for your daughter? Well, she doesn't like me for tickets for the air show because she gets her own as a pilot, but um, she certainly does like going front row to the NBL or to the F1. Uh, Other than the obvious MCG grand final, hottest seats in sport would be ringside at any UFC event in Australia. What a vibe. Mike, in Diggis Rest. I don't know of any UFC events coming up, but uh, make sure you let me know if there are some, uh, couldn't give a stuff about gambling. Horse racing doesn't really qualify as a sport. Give me humans racing any day. Well, there, there are humans sitting on those horses, but I get your point. Um, Dwayne, uh, it's a lot of t- draft talk, and we're about to talk to Josh Jenkins about uh, what's happening trade-wise in the lead-up to the draft. One here, the only draft I'm interested in when footy finishes is West End draft. So thanks for that. That's obviously coming from somewhere in Australia. Uh, Dwayne. Are you taking Collingwood or the field for this year's premiership? Um, well, right now I'm still taking the field next year against Collingwood, but I get where you're coming from. And one here, um, Melbourne Christmas Derby is always a must attend. That's from Alex in South Morang. It's an interesting one, given that we don't talk a lot of A-League. Can't wait to get Simon Hill back on this program. And it's nice to have a text come through about A-League. So Melbourne Christmas Derby. Hey, and while we're talking soccer, I watched Beckham last night. So give me your thoughts on Beckham, because Josh Jenkins has been held up for a few minutes. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Beckham on Netflix. It's fantastic. I absolutely loved it. 
I think it's it's not as good as the last dance. Um, I've been talking about the bear being one of the great things to watch this off-season. But if you haven't seen Beckham, or more importantly, if you have seen Beckham, give me a call, one 300 or send through your texts. Where do you rate it when it comes to miniseries on any paid TV or normal TV platform? It's pretty damn good, but there are some good ones out there. And another one here, Dwayne, thanks for not feeling threatened to encourage slash support female sport, but please don't read our texts from single under-25 boys who think it's manly to talk against the AFLW or those over 60 who want to compare the standard to full-time male players. They are ignorant, demo in Mooney Ponds, and it is nice to be able to talk a little bit of AFLW, and it is going to be interesting. If that is a million-dollar game at the end of this AFLW season with Melbourne and Brisbane playing each other round 10, if that AFLW game, Brisbane hosting Melbourne, in the final AFLW game of the year, the million-dollar game for the McClellan Trophy, whether Collingwood win it with one of those teams losing it as well because Collingwood's in the running, then I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on that. Not only on that game if you're a Brisbane or Melbourne fan, but on it if you're a Collingwood fan. And you know your club's going to get a million bucks winning the McClellan Trophy. Michael and East Keelor, you've seen Beckham. Is it good? Yeah, it's sensational, Dwayne. How good's Posh Spice in that too? I tell you, when I told my wife I was going to coach AFL in Pakistan, she wasn't too happy. He says to her he's going to Madrid or he's going across to uh, um, wherever, America. And she goes, yeah, no worries. I'll just pack up the kids and away we go. She came out as a true star. Well, she didn't quite say, yeah, pack up the kids. I'm happy to go. She voiced her disapproval. She did end up going in all of his movements, but uh, she did give us the indication in the the docu-series that she wasn't that happy about it. Uh, great to have you call, though, on it, Michael. Really appreciate you jumping on. I think she stayed in London um, and went on the weekends until they got the kids into school. But, yeah, it's been amazing. I-, I thought it was fantastic as well. And now he's a well part-time beekeeper. Josh Jenkins has been good enough to join us as a part-time assistant coach down at the Cattery. And he joins us thanks to Coolabar Turf, Victoria's premier supplier of WaterSmart Instant Lawn that you can lay all year round. And uh, I think you might have... Are you still at the Cattery, Josh? Have you got some news that I haven't heard there? Welcome to you. Uh, good afternoon, Dwayne. Now I've moved along. I've, uh, I've uh, had my uh, four years at the Cats and uh, we've parted way. So now I moved along and, uh, and probably took a few days to upset the apple cart straight away. But uh, anyway, we, uh, <laughs> we all move along. So did you upset the apple cart with the latest on your mate Tom Hawkins or your mate Asava Radagalia? Well, it was partly your fault because someone asked me uh, or someone asked you to ask me about Tom Hawkins yeah, and it was right. kind of expired me to, it inspired me to give him a call and uh, that's what led to uh, our little conversation. So in part, their, uh, their beef, if there is one, should be with you, not me. <laughs> well, I haven't seen him at the shops. I saw Tom Stewart at the shops, uh, but normally my conversations at the shops, um, I don't necessarily go to where with, but... It's, a, it's an interesting world, Josh, when you are a, a friend or you do run into somebody or you've been involved with someone and now you jump into the media as you have as to what to say and what not to say and not to give too much confidentiality away. But it seems like the Tom Hawkins story has been a fairly public one. It's not as if you're talking about something that no one else is talking about. Well, the only reason I asked him is because everyone was, was uh, yep. talking about it and and uh, and asking me, and I I kind of just wanted to find out for myself from from a uh, from a friend's uh, perspective first and foremost, and then 
I guess it led to uh, to Tom being comfortable enough for the for the uh, information to be made public. But anyway, as I said uh, the other day as well, I'll, I'll, I will fall off my chair if uh, if he's playing anywhere other than the Cats next year. So whatever happens, uh, whatever has happened and will happen between now and when the contract is signed, it'll all be uh, largely irrelevant once that paper is signed. Well, the Herald Sun is reporting that you're pretty close to not falling off your chair. The Herald Sun's <laughs> reporting that he's set to sign a new deal. So uh, you won't be falling off your chair just yet. What about Asava Radagalia? Will you fall off your chair if that deal gets done? We've still got a few days before it might be. And from what we understand from your colleagues on Trade Radio, they're not coming to agreement in a hurry. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one because uh, I, know, I know Asava is, is very happy in Geelong and has been happy playing for Geelong and being a Geelong player. And Chris Scott's backed him probably more so than anyone. He's given him opportunities and, and, and tried to develop him and, and ensure that he's going to have a long career. And I guess a long career does beckon for him, but it's at Port Adelaide. Now, uh, I see a, a, a name of a Port player has emerged publicly that the Cats might have their eyes on, which makes complete sense to me, uh, but it, it, it feels like one that will go down to the wire. I'd be surprised if if the Cats truly pushed back and rejected that uh, pick in the in the in the early twenties. It feels like a a pretty fair deal, but with with still you know the best part of six days to go. Uh, I guess that the Cats, Andrew Mackey and the crew, have feel like they've still still got the uh, the the strong hand and can and can rebut that uh, that offer that's currently sitting on the table. But I, I do feel like it will be one that gets done as we get closer to the deadline. Yeah, and Port Adelaide, from what we understand, hoping to keep Ollie Lord and aren't going to let him go, so he won't be heading back to the club where his grandfather was a legend. Uh, Sydney, they're doing well. They've got Taylor Adams and Brodie Grundy, and they've got a heap of draft picks for next year. So they're in the box seat to have not only a good season next year, but a good little era. Yeah, for sure. They, they've made some, uh, made some uh, shrewd little... Uh, transactions, bringing in Grundy and Adams. I think a lot of us look at the Adams signing and think, well, that's natural. It, it gives them some hardness and some toughness around the ball, but that's exactly what Grundy gives as well. We shouldn't overlook the fact that even though he's a ruckman, Brody Grundy will, will provide a lot of uh, physicality around the footy as well. And I think the SCG will suit him as as uh, as much as, as much as anyone because he he is an athletic big guy, but I reckon at 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 or close enough to thirty, being able to get from stoppage to stoppage to be able to follow up and be involved in a lot of stoppages and contests, I think the SCG will really suit him. So I expect him to be I expect him to be. I know he hasn't played for a lot of AFL footy for 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 the past two seasons, but I expect him to be among the top few ruckmen in the competition next year, particularly with a couple of years of. Uh, that chip on his shoulder being able to build and build and build. And he should be really fresh because his body hasn't been knocked around the last two years as well. So they might actually get a longer period of time out of him as well, given the rest he's had. Hey, um, I know you need to save some of your good stuff for 3 o'clock <laughs> because you're on Trade Radio from 3 till 6. But what's your feeling on a Xavier Dersma, Brandon Zerk, Thatcher swap? Is that a fair trade, do you think, in your eyes? I think so. I think so. It uh, It's one that... that both uh, both current owners of players can can mount the argument that their players worth more. Zerk Thatcher's a key defender, harder to find, uh, has has proven himself 
at the level in a, in a team that hasn't necessarily had their act together in terms of team defence and being able to help their key defenders. And then Dersma is more proven at the level, but plays you know plays out on the wing where I guess you can argue it's it's easier to find wingers and outside midfielders than it is key defenders. So I can understand why both are, again, still six days to go. I can understand why both are, are eager to, to keep their cards close to their chest and, and just try and eke out that little bit more. But if, if those two players were were uh, were transacted for each other, I think everyone would look at it and think it's fair enough. Let me throw another one at you. Who will end up having the better career, do you think, uh, in terms of maybe even getting All-Australian or not? Harrison Petty. Now, there's been talk that he was been thrown numbers like 800,000 at Adelaide, and mm. Kane Corns even throwing up Riley Philthorpe as maybe being an option if Melbourne... Wanted to no you know, grab himself a key forward. What's you think Riley Philthorpe's got a bigger upside? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Harrison Petty. Now, I I believe I've been uh, in transit in transit, uh, Dwayne. I believe mm. Petty has committed to stay at the D's. Is that yeah? Is that what's yeah? yeah. Okay, so yeah, so he's going to honour his contract and stay at Melbourne. So that's the that's the latest there. But as you have said, and quite a few have said. Uh, there's still five days to go, so anything yeah. crazy can happen. <laughs> but I like I like what Adelaide did because, and, and Phil Davis and I spoke about it yesterday on Trade Radio. Uh, pick ten, I would have thrown it on the table. I don't think our list managers, in comparison to the way the NFL and NBA uh, GMs go about it, which is effectively the same position, the general managers over there they basically say we're all in. We are either going to build a championship team for the next three years. Or we're all going down with the ship. We're all losing our jobs and we're all moving on. Whereas uh, in our uh, competition, I think the draft is probably compromised a lot, with particularly with academy selections. But our guys try and do a bit of both. You try and win now but build for the future. And uh, a lot of times that's an incredibly difficult thing to do. Absolutely it is. Hey, Tom Fullerton, he couldn't get a game as a backup up for Brisbane this year. They preferred to go with Darcy Fort with Oscar McInerney as their main guy. Well, he... Will he fit in better at Melbourne as their number two? Do you think? Will he get a game? Oh, I reckon we saw a little bit of a little bit of talent from him in in that forward ruck role early days. I remember a game he played down mm. at at Cadenia Park against the Cats, and he looked likely enough. Uh, Melbourne will and need to give him opportunities because he hasn't been overly exposed. I don't think he's been exposed to the fact where to the point where we think he, he's not an AFL player. I, I don't mind the selection for Melbourne. They they need to take a bit of a flyer on a few and. He, he looks like a, a guy who needs a bit of opportunity. He, he's not big enough to be a ruckman, which they don't need anyway, but mm. I don't reckon Dwayne moves well enough to, to, to kick goals from uh, you know different avenues. Can he pick the ball up off the ground and kick a goal? Can he, can he snap one over his shoulder? Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him, but uh, I reckon it's a, it's a nice um, it's a nice pickup for them to just find out whether he can make it as a as a you know fifteen percent ruckman, sixty seventy percent uh, forward, and then spend some time on the bench. Do you think they'll throw the ball up next year and not worry about bouncing it? And do you think that changes the kind of ruck that'll be a good ruck? Uh yeah, I do. It'll change the dominant ruckman. I think the the predictability of the bounce really makes it easier for the dominant ruckman, Max Gorn and those big guys. I think it really does make it easier for those dominant rucks because a lot, a lot of the times when, when the, when the uh, I guess, non-traditional ruckmen win the contest, it's because the ball does bounce to their favour. I actually don't mind. I, I mean, there are howlers and I get that and, and you wouldn't want one to decide a game, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't mind the, 
the first bounce, and then if it if it if it happens to go skew, if just let it go. I just it's, everyone still gets a an opportunity. I don't know where I'll sit on the bounce, and um, I mean it's not the biggest issue in footy, but it is an issue. Josh, save a bit of your good stuff for three till six. We're here on three till six on Trade Radio, and might have a chat to you tomorrow. Thanks for jumping on. Good stuff, mate. Josh Jenkins joining us. Thanks to Coolabart Turf. Victoria's premier supplier of instant lawn and for tyre power, number one on the tyres trade table. Is it official Cam Green's out? Not yet. Great to have your company wherever you're listening around the planet trying to ascertain what the selection might be for tonight's World Cup 50-over game between Australia and South Africa. 7.30 tonight. You can catch it on KO. Been a lot of talk about it, but not enough today, so it gets included in Lost in the Wash for rjsanderson.com.au. RJ Sanderson and Associates are accountants and taxation specialists. Take the stress out of tax. No confirmation yet on whether Cameron Green will be in or out of the team, but it's a big one tonight, and we should have probably got to it by now. If you've got a Lost in the Wash, by the way, one 736 736 is the number, or 0433981116. Here's Australian captain Pat Cummins ahead of tonight's World Cup clash, reflecting on the loss to India. Yeah, disappointed after the first match. Um, yeah, we weren't at, at our best. Um, so, yeah, everyone's pretty driven the last few days. Everyone's trained really well and, yeah, um, yeah ready to go for this one. Beautiful ground. Um, the wicket looks really good. Um, I haven't had a look at, at it today, but last night looked really good, really even, so maybe a bit of pace and bounce. A little bit of Pat Cummins. The other, well, the reports today that uh, there is a chance that there will be a change in the Australian team and Cam Green will be out, so we'll try and keep you in touch with that during the course of the afternoon with Andy and Gazy as well, but it seems as like they're, they're going to make a change and Green will be out. Eddie Jones also looks like being changed. Reports today from Japan and Australian Newswise that Eddie Jones will quit as well as his coach to take up a role in Japan, which was massive news when it was reported that he met about the Japan job leading into the Rugby World Cup. Here's what Eddie, by the way, said of those reports at the time. Do a job interview with uh, Japanese rugby a couple of weeks before the World Cup, and if so, what was the thinking? I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Um, Eddie, do you have a second interview lined up with the JRFU? I said I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Can you give Wallabies fans your absolute 100% commitment that you will not be coach of Japan next year? I'm committed to coach Australia. Next year? I'm committed to coach Australia. There it was, Eddie Jones, and uh, I'm glad we don't talk rugby union on this program over and over again because that would be a hard one to get my head around, to be honest. Uh, a couple of texts on the way to a break. Stacey Marinkovic, Diamonds coach, is going to join us after the break. Uh, Beckham is a brilliant documentary. My wife, who doesn't like sport, watched and enjoyed, especially because Posh was very upfront and honest. Len in Calorama, and uh, I, it is very watchable, even if you're not a sports person. I loved it. As good as Beckham was, he couldn't deliver the holy grail of the World Cup trophy. He doesn't rank in the top 50 of all-time greats. I think he rates in the top 50 for most, but uh, I get it if he's not in yours. Dwayne, um, love to see more modern-day athletes cop the abuse Beckham did for years. If his whole country came out on top, uh, athletes these days can't even cop a spray in front of their teammates. Uh, Yep, the world has changed. And quite a few coming through on my recommendation to watch The Bear on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Hi, Chef. Agree on The Bear. Phenomenal show that you're genuinely gutted when you realise you've just watched the last episode of the season. Chris in Batemans Bay, you are. I didn't like the way it ended either, to be honest. It hurt 
the way it ended. But uh, Forks, the episode Forks is edge of the seat the whole time. Can't believe it stuff. Another one here. Hi, Dwayne. I started watching The Bear on Disney Plus after you recommended it last week. I'm down to the last episode tonight and fair to say you are 100% spot on. It's a great series and can't recommend it enough. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for your thanks. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Always great to be able to talk big time international sport. And SEN tonight broadcast the opening match of the Constellation Cup series between the Diamonds and the Silver Ferns. You can tune in across the SEN network from 7 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time live. Tonight, Stacey Marinkovic, the Diamonds coach, has been good enough to join me. Welcome here, Stacey. Great to have you on. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you, and uh, it's good to have you with a, a pretty confident team, I understand, and you're taking on a New Zealand who've got some doubts about them. Uh, yeah, certainly. It's a really exciting one to come up against your arch rivals. We haven't played them in the recent World Cup or the Commonwealth Games before that. So the Constellation Cup has got some real significance behind it. And um, yeah, obviously coming off a, a World Cup win has certainly got a lot of energy around our group. And I know New Zealand will hurt from from where they finished up and, and have a lot of pride. So we'll be coming out um, full force, I would think. Yeah, how different's the team, given that they didn't win a medal at the World Cup? How different is their team and yours as well? I think they've changed up their, their combinations at the moment. They're still without probably their, their main shooter in Grace Nuecki. Uh, but, you know, they're a lot of well, the rest of the team is, is pretty much the same, except the way in which they're playing their combinations has has changed up and and for us we've had a a natural um i guess transition out of a world cup where we had two players um have complete fulfillment in the game and and retire with ash brazel and steph wood and now we've brought in uh two two new players so kate maloney stands up from that reserve position from world cup uh and we've got sophie dwyer who's our 22 year old goal attack stepping into uh into the team now, I know that we, in every sport, read reports and experts tell us what's going to happen and then it doesn't necessarily unfold like <laughs> that. I understand, or well, I've been told that New Zealand's got a slower style of play rather than your fast, run and direct style. Is that the way it normally is? Is that the way you expect it or do you expect it to be different to that tonight? I really hope we can still play fast and direct, but it is the New Zealand way to generally bring score lines down lower and and they do have the way in which they defend usually takes up quite a bit of court space. So um, traditionally, the game, um, if it's on their terms, is slowed down. But hopefully we can get our brand, brand out there that we've done our homework and that we can uh, uh, put our foot down and make sure we use the, the athleticism that we've got across the court. I like it. We'll paraphrase you into saying they're going to try and wreck a good spectacle by playing it slower. <laughs> I, I like where you're going with that. I don't to, but the funny part is, well, the... How, how do you decide to play? Is it based on the players you've got or is it based on a style you want to play and is the Australian way? I think there is the Australian way of playing, but um, all, all these girls have come through our pathway and um, they have been brought up with certain fundamental skill sets that are traditional to um, the brand of, of Australia. But, you know, we've got different different strengths across different players and what we try to do is accentuate that skill set so that um, we get the very best out of them, um, but it's in connection with the way in which we're trying to play the team dynamics. So it's a bit of a bit of both, uh, but role clarity is the key thing. And, and then obviously we're trying to grow that cohesion out on court. And is this still the biggest rivalry or is it the rivalry that's been for a long, long period of time still? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think both countries have had a, a really strong contribution in getting to the, the sport to where it is now. Um, and certainly you, you do have arch rivals that brings a different intensity, a different physicality. Uh, New Zealand, um, we were two all effectively in win-loss against them in the last Con Cup and, and we got to take it away through goal percentage. So um, it's it's always tight and it has been for some time and we know that they they do challenge the way in which we play and, and considering we haven't come up against them in the marquee events, we're really keen to see what it actually looks like now. Is it a sellout tonight at John Cain Arena? Yeah, I believe so. I think it's going to be... A great crowd, and as you say, when international sport hits the scenes, um, everyone is really uh, keen to see. And it's the first time we're, we're playing the game since we've come back from the World Cup, so we'll have the unveiling of our our flag. The trophy will be there, so it'll be a, a really uh, great environment. Hopefully, after a win, but certainly we get to recognise the achievements that we've we've had in the in recent times. And what's twenty twenty three netball in change room style like? Is it? Uh smiles and joking around do you get there like hours before or how do you you're only five hours away now uh, is it all serious faces uh, how do you approach it these days yeah to be honest I don't know what the girls are doing right now I think they go through <laughs> their normal game day routine they like their places to go for their lunch or their naps or or whatever it might be um we generally get to the court about 80 minutes before game time um they'll be all strapped we would have had our team meeting uh and I guess they they go through things differently so there'll be some loud music for some there'll be some headphones on the others where they they sit quietly and and then there's probably those in between um but they certainly have a lot of respect that each person prepares differently um but when we come to the warm-up they'll they'll all be ready to go and one that relates to my sport is strapping of ankles compulsory in international netball for you yeah, it is. It is. It's a preventative measure. If you the, the game is so dynamic, and you know you have to have a lot of agility with that change of direction. Um, so you know to have that just little bit of protection around the ankle. That if you do happen to go go over, it just gives you a little bit of a, a safety mechanism and, and reminds your body to to pull that ankle back to where it needs to stay. <laughs> Great to have you, Stacey. Good to hear you're in good spirits and good luck tonight in front of that capacity hey. crowd. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks very much. Stacey Marinkovic joining us, Diamonds coach. So Australia-New Zealand opening game of the Constellation Cup. It's live across the SEN network from 7pm tonight, Australian Eastern Daylight Time. By the way, SEN have teamed up with Coolabar Turf to give three lucky listeners a chance to win 100 square metres of Sir Walter DNA certified buffalo grass. I don't know what that is. I'm not a grass guy, but... uh, Apparently, it must be pretty good. Visit iCanWin.com.au to enter. Coolabar Turf, award-winning grower and supplier of premium instant turf and lawns for life. It's more Gary and Tim's area than mine, but uh, that's what's on offer if you jump onto iCanWin.com.au. A couple of late texts before we take a break and wrap it all up. Hey, Dwayne, can you tell me what you would do if you were north at this current time with all their draft picks? Well, north... You've got a really good hand at the moment north the way you're heading into the draft. So I would probably just keep the picks. I wouldn't necessarily try to trade. I wouldn't trade two and three away to get pick one and Harley Reid. I'd just be holding two, three, 15 and 21. And if you don't get Harley Reid and you get Daniel Curtin and one or two other guns, then so be it. Now, I agree. Harley Reid might end up being the next Scott Pendlebury. 
he might end up being an absolute superstar. So it might be the wrong pick. But again, I'm not the guy to ask that question probably because I haven't watched all the under-18 tapes. But I'll be more than happy to get three picks in the first round of the draft and be confident that I'm going to get a star out of one of those three picks given how early those picks are for North. But Harley Reid, I hope he's a superstar too. Dwayne's World for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute in a roll. Now, it's been great to have your company for Dwayne's World today. We're back for Midday Matters tomorrow. So Midday Matters from 12 till 2. Big three hours coming your way tomorrow for Dwayne's World. But Midday Matters every day from 12 till 2. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Matters promise. Anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss. We'll get you on for the first two hours. Thanks to Work Locker, Karen Downs and Packenham. Work where for wherever you work. We bring you Midday Matters every day. Thanks to all of you who've texted in today as well on the 40 Winks Temper text. You can check out the Temper range, T-E-M-P-U-R. The all-new Temper Pro, Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. You can check out the Temper range at 40 Winks. So drop into your local 40 Winks and check out the Temper range. Had a chat to Jason from Temper earlier today. So it is great to have Temper on board for Dwayne's World for 2023. Don't forget, SEM will tonight broadcast the opening match of the Constellation Cup series between the Diamonds and the Silver Ferns. Quick reminder of that. And if you're a dog lover, for your chance to win a family pass to the Dog Lovers Festival, check out our furry friends on 1116SEN's Instagram story. Beaumont Tiles, too, by the way, giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in-store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance to win that as well. Terms and conditions apply. Before I hand over to Andy and Gazy, time to celebrate some lives. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. Happy birthday to former Australian cricketer Trevor Chappell, who turned 71 today. And happy birthday to AFL players Dion Prestia and Caleb Poulter. Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. It's all there on the podcast. If you want to download the Dwayne's World podcast anytime you like, the whole show or the bits and pieces from the show are all there on the podcast. Please join me tomorrow at midday. But stick around. Andy and Gazy, looking forward to your company with all the latest trade stuff next.